Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. This is where we live from Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Midterm elections are finally here with millions of Americans casting their ballots today. In Connecticut, a close governor's race has gotten the bulk of attention this election season, but there's also important races for Congress and Connecticut's General Assembly. Could state Republicans wrest legislative control from Democrats in both the House and Senate? It could happen. Now, what races have you been paying attention to? What issues are front and center on your mind as you vote today? We want to hear from you. Join the conversation, 860-275-7266. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, at Where We Live. Coming up, we'll get we'll, we'll hear from Secretary of the State Denise Merrill and get a rundown of coverage from WMPR's news director, Jeff Cohen. First, voter registration is up nationwide, including here in Connecticut. And young people are responsible. One of them is joining us by phone. Alita Sanchez is a freshman at Southern Connecticut State University, where she's also vice president of the College Democrats. Alita, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? We're doing well. So have you voted today? Yes, actually, I voted this morning. And tell us about your polling location and how did that go for you, Alita? Well, I was at Clarence Rogers School and it went great. It was actually my first time voting, which was... Uh, really, it was uh, exciting for me. I was very nervous when I walked in, but everybody was so nice. And I got to, I just walked inside, and, um, and they, especially because I told them it was the first time for me. So they're like, okay, just show us your uh, ID. I gave them my driver's license, and I took it from there. It was great. And was it busy there? Um, actually, not um, so early in the morning, but then once I finished, I, I saw some people come in. Now, Alita, you mentioned that this is the first time that you're voting. Uh, why Why are you interested in voting in this particular election? Well, I know it's um, set, it's been said for other midterm elections, but I actually really do believe that this midterm election is so important, especially because it has a great impact of what's going to happen in the House and the Senate. And especially coming to uh, Southern Connecticut State University, it's I've, I've, all I've been hearing is how important your vote is and how important your voice is. And especially, it doesn't matter how um, young you are. It, there's no, there's really, there's no starting point depending on what your age is. You should always be out there, active, listening, and educating yourself. And especially coming here to Southern, I've, it's just been an important priority of mine. So you're talking about uh, attention on, on congressional races, but locally, um, how um, how much have you been paying attention to not only the governor's race, but the fact that uh, in the state legislature, there's a lot of seats that, that are up for election? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, especially down here locally, it, it being a part of the College Democrats and um, t- paying attention in class, because I got to take some great, especially intro to political thought, that not especially the gov- the gubernatorial race that's going on right now it it's also very important because especially with what's going on with district lines it could really cause major change when it comes to the um election in 2020 
Now, you mentioned um, that you were excited to vote, but often we hear from young people uh, that they, they are plan on voting, but then by the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily happen. What about your peers, your friends, your classmates? Are they as engaged as you, Alita? Oh, yes, definitely. I believe more so. Uh, a friend of mine has been almost, he's been all week um, for Fight Back CT in Southington and all he's been doing from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., just working, door knocking, phone banking. A lot of my friends have gone in the weekend and tried to do the same also. And they're all, they've all gone early in the morning, too, before classes to go out and vote. And they're all just excited. And it's just made me even more excited to be a part of it. Alita, have you heard of, from young people who, who aren't planning on voting today? Any, anybody you know? Actually, yes. A close friend of mine also, because, yes, I have friends that are uh, politically inclined, but a lot of my other friends, they tell me the same, that they're not, they don't really know much of what's going on in the midterm elections. They don't really, haven't really followed anything, and they've told me that they don't really have any interest. And, of course, I try to advocate and try to say, oh, this is why you should be interested. But a uh, majority of people that I know also just don't have the interest. That's interesting uh, that you that you say that, Alita, that there are some young people who say they aren't quite engaged and aren't planning on voting, but you said you try to advocate. So what do you tell them uh, to try to convince them that it, that they should take that right seriously? Because in this midterm election, it, it affects where you're going to, if you're going to be able to afford where you live, it's going to affect your education, it's going to affect either what how, you know, the taxes that come out of your paycheck, it, it affects everything. It affects your parents' life. It affects your life. And I try to tell them that, that yes, it seems, because especially with technology, we tend to be disconnected of what the issues are because it's not directly affecting us. But and a lot of my friends argue that, oh, my vote doesn't really count. But if you look at things like um, the race that happened in Tennessee, they, uh, they, he won by a uh, four-point vote. That's four votes. You know, I try to tell them that your vote does count. And later on, it's easy to complain about things, but it's harder to actually go out and make a difference and take action towards it and try to change what you want changed. This is where we live on the phone with me, Alita Sanchez. She's a freshman at Southern Connecticut State University. She's already voted today. Have you? How's the experience been? You can join our conversation, 860-275-7266. Again, the number, 860-275-7266. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to have Connecticut Secretary of the State joining us uh, to talk about um, the turnout so far. Also, if there are any issues, uh, you have the chance to ask uh, uh, Secretary of the State Merrill uh, to respond if there's any issues at your polling site. So that's, again, coming up in just a few minutes. Alita, before we let you go back to class, uh, we know you're taking some time to, to speak with us. Uh, tonight, what are your plans? Are you going to be watching the results closely? Uh, yes, the college Democrats and the college Republicans actually have an event where it's an election watch party, so we're all going to be together. Well, Alita, we uh, appreciate you taking some time um, from class again uh, to speak with us again. Alita Sanchez, a student at Southern Connecticut State University. Alita, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one. So this is where we live again, and we wanted to find out uh, what's going on in election coverage here on Connecticut Public Radio. Joining me now in studio is Jeff Cohen, who is the news director of Connecticut Public Radio. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Hi, Lucy. So tell us uh, what uh, listeners can expect uh, to hear in terms of uh, the coverage that reporters are going to be following. Sure. This is a a long, fun day if you're a reporter. Uh, And so we have reporters fanning out across the state to do a number of things. One, we'll have people at Johanna Hayes. 
who is a Democrat running for, for Congress. We'll have people at Bob Stefanowski's headquarters, Ned Lamont headquarters, and a few other places doing both radio reporting, reporting for the radio, reporting for uh, NPR's. They have a live blog. So if you go to WNPR.org, you can see NPR's live blog. That'll be there throughout the evening, and it'll have live results from the Associated Press from the state of Connecticut. So it'll be a great place for you to get results. Uh, we've also got um, people like Ryan Karen King, who's in studio with us now, uh, making uh, Instagram stories because we realize that to get uh, new audiences and to keep people engaged, we have to meet them where they are. So we're doing our best to tell some stories there on Instagram, too. Uh, so it's a full court press, and uh, it's a fun day. Now, uh, live coverage will be, uh, again, coming back to listeners at 7 p.m. I'll be joining John Dankosky, Colin McEnroe, mm-hmm. uh, reporters from Connecticut Public Radio, as well as political analysts uh, tonight as we uh, see what happens in Connecticut, but also uh, nationwide. And because uh, you mentioned, Jeff, that reporters are going to be also filing for NPR, mm-hmm. um, obviously they're following the 5th District, but they're also probably curious about what's going to happen with Connecticut's governor's race. Well, you know, it's one, it's funny. When you read all of the national stories about the election, none of them are like, oh, geez, what's happening in Connecticut. Like it's it's not like we are on the uh, it's we're not Florida uh, in, in in a governor's race, and we're also not a lot of these one of these states that's going to really effectively shift the congressional map. That said, we are a state with a really obviously tight governor's race. We are a state that could see its legislature change uh, hands. So the 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 balance of power uh, in Connecticut could be an issue, and. Um, it's conceivable that this could be a red day in Connecticut in a national blue wave or mini wave, depending on how the vote goes. And so these are these are the storylines and the trend lines that we're paying attention to. Now, uh, part of the job of reporters is to go to different neighborhoods, hmm. to go to uh, polling sites. Uh, Ryan Karen King, who's here um, in studio with us, Lurking. he's the uh, visual reporter for Connecticut Public Radio. He actually ran into a little snag. Tell us about that, Jeff. That's right. So Ryan was out uh, taking photographs in New Haven. In his polling place this morning and was actually told by moderators that he that he couldn't be there, that he couldn't take pictures. This is a problem that reporters consistently face year after year. And it's in part because it's just a big education effort for a lot of people who are poll moderators on a day once a year, right? Twice a year at most, maybe. Uh, and eventually uh, they had to go call a supervisor. And then Ryan went back in and was able to take pictures, but only from a specific place with a sort of like a, a government minder with him. Uh, so we work through these things uh, as reporters. And this is sort of what happens every day. I'll tell you, in my experience in Middletown, sometimes it's, it's really nice when you hear from young voters and new voters like Alita uh, because there, there's a certain sense of excitement. And then there are those of us who like, I, I, you know, it's always great to exercise your right to vote, but it's sort of like throw the kids in the car, get the cereal in the baggie, and you know, <laughs> spend two minutes in there. And, and, and my experience is pretty quick. Although we, you and I were talking beforehand, that was interesting, is that my polling place had probably six or eight machines that you could, uh, or stations in which you could register your vote, but only one machine to accept the thing. Uh, but that's not the case. It doesn't seem at, at all polling places. No, we're going to ask Denise Merrill again, Connecticut Secretary of State, coming up about um, you know how uh, the these polling sites are set up and mm-hmm. what happens when you run into an issue. She'll be joining us in, in just a little bit. So I just wanted to clarify. So a listener should know um, they could take pictures at a polling site. Well, so this will be an interesting question for the Secretary of the State. Reporters certainly can. There's things you can't actually like photograph a person's ballot. Uh, I'm a big advocate for the, the the notion that reporters are no different than anybody else. So if a reporter should, can take a picture, I would imagine that your average person can take a picture um, of of a, of a voting place. Of, but I don't know. I'll be curious to hear her answer also.
Jeff Cohen, again, is News Director of Connecticut Public Radio. Before you go, just remind listeners again where they can go to follow coverage. Also, uh, see uh, Ryan and, and reporters' uh, visuals throughout the day. All right. You can go all over the place. You can go to Facebook. You can go to our Instagram feed, which is at WNPR News. Did I get that right? I got that right. You can go to Twitter uh, and find us there at Connecticut Public Radio, and uh, you can hear us here all day long. Jeff Cohen again. Thank you. Thanks, Lucy. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. We got a Facebook comment from Robert who writes, I voted today. Every vote counts. It's the 17th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. It is both a right and a privilege. If you don't vote, then please don't complain. If you have voted today, we want to hear from you. Here's the number, 860-275-7266. Again, 860-275-7266. Coming up, Connecticut Secretary of the State Denise Merrill will join us and we'll hear from more residents, including you. This is where we live from Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Have you already voted? I did in the town of Suffield at 6.15 a.m. and it was already hopping. Now, have you run into any problems voting this morning? We want to hear from you. Here's the number, 860-275-7266. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. I want to welcome back to the show Connecticut's chief elections official, Denise Merrill. She's the secretary of the state. Denise, welcome back. Thank you. I wanted to take some calls of people who have voted. Jackie in West Hartford. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, so my t- name is Jackie, and I live in West Hartford. And um, I just had a comment for Denise Merrill. Um, I have a small business, and um, I was about to go and pay my registration fees for my business, and um, I was dreading it. I thought, oh no, I'm going to have to take probably half a day off work, going to Hartford because it's just not going to work out well. I went online; it was amazing. It was easy. My credit card was accepted. I got it done immediately. I got a confirmation in the email that I could put in my files, and I'm legal. It was <laughs> the best experience I have had with the state. And as a small business owner, I know you know the state could be friendlier to small businesses. We could be better in encouraging small businesses, less regulations, and so on. But this experience, Denise, was fantastic. Keep it up. We need more of this. All right, this Jackie. We're going to get businesses in the state. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Jackie. We thought that uh, Jackie was going to call to talk about uh, voting, but uh, Al is calling from New Haven. Al, go ahead. <laughs> Hi. Yes, I just just voted in New Haven. It was really smooth and easy. Uh, no problems at my polling place in particular. Um, very happy mostly to vote uh, on arts funding, uh, something that I really care about, um, and proud to have voted on a straight Democratic ticket. So excited for tonight. Al, thank you uh, for your call. So overall, Denise, are you hearing that voting is going okay? Yeah, and keep them coming. I, I really am proud of the work we've done over the last few years. I think things are smoother than they have been sometimes in the past. Um, so yeah, it's great. Uh, I'm you know, we've done a lot more training, the certification of local election registrars. So, yeah, thank you for calling in and telling us. And, yes, I'm seeing, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to have a very good turnout today. I mean, everywhere has been reporting in, um, you know, activity at the polls. That's great. 
You often, when you come on, say you're, you're optimistic about turnout. Uh, today's not the best day uh, weather-wise. Does that play mm, a part at all? Y- yes, it does. I mean, sadly, it is true, although it's not actually raining. I like to point out to everyone, you're good. <laughs> um, later on, maybe. But it does sometimes play a role. Yeah. Um, any issues that you have heard about specifically? So overall, it's going okay, but there have been yes. pockets? Um, there was a question about uh, some new things that some of the polling places will you'll see. Uh, some towns have uh, purchased electronic poll books. Uh, we have not uh, certified them as freestanding, but so if they're using those, and you'll see them there. Sometimes there are little um, little machines sitting on the desk that scan in your driver's license, but they are on top of the regular official list is still the paper list because we have not certified poll books. They can be corrupted if they're connected to the internet, which nothing in our election system is connected to the internet right now. So we want to keep it that way. Is that uh, problematic because, uh, you know, we heard from our first uh, time young voter who said that she, you know, she used her driver's license to to prove that she was able to vote in her location. Uh, We got a a comment um, from someone on social media that was concerned that, um, you know, showing an a photo ID is not actually a requirement. So if you need nope. to show your user driver's license at a polling site that's using an electronic book, is that uh, confusing for some people if they don't have a license with them? That's part of the problem, yeah. Although we are strictly instructing towns that they must have the paperless checkoff first so that people don't think that somehow if they don't have a driver's license, they won't be able to vote. And that is not the case. I want to make sure I tell everyone that, that the paper list is your checkoff to vote, and you don't have to worry about the rest of it. That's just really for the convenience of the local registrars when they go to tally up at the end of the night. But um, must keep the paper list. That is your official voting record. Now, if you show up with uh, a, n- a no photo ID, mm-hmm. uh, you have to have to give us some of the other options that people can use. Yeah, C- Connecticut is one of those states that do not require, strictly speaking, a photo ID uh, because I think our law is extremely good because it's also flexible. So you can bring something else that if if you're on the list uh, and you're actually registered, all you have to do is basically prove your identity. And so anything that has a name and a residence on it, a name and a signature, uh, a name, you know, so even a credit card can be used uh, because it does show your identity. So and then even if you don't have anything with you, uh, we still allow you to vote. You sign an affidavit saying, yes, I am that person on the list and we still allow you to vote. So I think we have a great law. I think it does the, the job it's supposed to do, which is identifying that you are the person on that list. Now, what happens if the address on, so say you decide to use your driver's license and right. your address does not um, is not in town because people move. Uh, this right. actually happened to me in, in the town of Suffield um, where I don't have the little sticker on the back of my license. So uh, how should poll workers then proceed even if my name is on the voting list? It does not matter because your name is on the driver's license and that identifies you as the person on the list. Um, I put a uh, question out on Twitter about this and um, some residents say that um, uh, they don't have their address uh, matching up on their license to the voting list, and they've never been asked. Um, both times that I've voted in Suffield in August and uh, and now, <laughs> I have uh, had a poll worker kind of question me about my address. Uh, interestingly, my husband voted within the hour, uh, and they didn't bat an eye <laughs> with uh, with his ID. So it just <laughs> seems like there's a lot of, it just depends on, on where you live and the training of that poll worker in front of you, Denise. I'm working so hard on getting strict standards 
roads across all towns, it's very, very difficult. We literally have thousands of poll workers. We do have a standardized training, and it mentions all this, but, you know, it's once a year, if that, and so we still have some ways to go. We're a lot better than we were, though. <laughs> this is where we live. Denise Merrill's here with us as we talk about Election Day, uh, November 6th. You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. I should mention uh, Denise Merrill is our Secretary of the State. She's also up for re-election today against Republican Susan Chapman, Libertarian Heather Lynn Sylvester Gwynn, and Green Party candidate Michael DeRosa. We did get a tweet around, uh, we saw a tweet around 8 a.m., uh, Mel Medina responding to a a current reporter talking about a scanner in Voting District 9 not currently operating. Do you know if that's been remedied? I haven't heard about that, but I'm sure that those sorts of things now can be quickly remedied. We, every polling district should have a backup scanner, at least one. So I'm sure they've fixed it by now. I hope so. And then in terms of the scanning, our technical producer, Kyone Wolf, was voting at a polling place on Woodland Street in Hartford. Um, it turned out a person before her had actually... Uh, uh, filled the ballot out incorrectly, and so it actually spit it back out so that mm-hmm. he could redo it. But then when it came time for uh, Kayon to put in her ballot, um, the machine then got uh, jammed. So then what happens in that sense? Uh, we still, you know, allow people to vote, and we will fix it and then feed them in later. But, you know, of course, we always keep all the paper ballots, and it's all reconciled at the end of the night. So if there's a question about the machine not counting that particular ballot, there's actually a human uh, at the end that's counting those ballots to make sure the vote is counted. Absolutely. Yep. This is where we live. Join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Rod's calling from Norwich. Rod, go ahead. Hi. I just want to say that I voted this morning at around 6.30 a.m. It went incredibly smoothly. Um, I was kind of disappointed at the low number of people that were there at the same time I was. I I was hoping to have to wait in line. I didn't have to wait in line. I walked right in. Uh, Everything went very smoothly, and um, it was great. Well, thank you uh, for for your call. Um, Also, uh, I think we're looking uh, at a, a call from Mark in New Britain. Mark, go ahead. How was it for you? Oh, doesn't look like Mark is there anymore. Uh, so let's just uh, take uh, one more call. Uh, Melissa from Heartland is calling where we live. Melissa, go ahead with your question or comment. Hi. Um, I voted just about two hours ago in Heartland, and we have a really small town, so it's unusual for me to walk in and see more than just our staff there. Um, I was really pleased to see um, the training manuals out and that every booth was filled, which is really surprising. Um, I had my 10-year-old or my 12-year-old with me, and he was really pleased. But I I had a question for Denise Merrill. Um, I teach at a local college, and I know a lot of my students probably haven't registered to vote, and there may be questions that come up. Um, Can you just explain how same-day voting works or same-day registration and what they need to bring with them to the polling place? Good question, Denise. Great question, because yes, in Connecticut, we do have election day registration. So if for any reason you're either not appropriately on the list or you woke up this morning and said, you know what, I really do want to participate in this, uh, you can still register and vote in the same place. You don't go to a polling place. You go to wherever your local registrar's office is, usually town hall, and bring with you an ID you know, a driver's license obviously works, but pretty much the same rules apply as when you're 
coming to the voting polling place. You also need to know your social security number uh, so that you can re record that. You, you go to the registrar's office, uh, you register there, uh, they take that registration, put you on the list, check with any other town you may have been uh, registered in to make sure you have not voted there, and then they record your vote much like an absentee ballot, and it will be counted. This is where we live. You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Denise Merrill is here, Connecticut's Secretary of the State. We want to know if you voted today, um, how did it go at your polling location? But we're also curious about what issues or what particular races are bringing you uh, to uh, the ballot box today. The number again, 860-275-7266. Uh, Virginia is calling from the New Haven area. Uh, Virginia, welcome to our show. Thank you. I understand that you're part of a group called the Persisters. So tell us about uh, the work that you're doing in the New Haven area. Well, the Persisters is a group of women so far um, who got together after the inauguration in 2017 because we were, to put it mildly, distressed by the direction it looked like the country was going in. And we wanted to do something constructive. We didn't want to just march and resist. So we've been meeting since February of 2017, uh, approximately monthly. And um, we've had candidates come speak to us. Uh, that's candidates for the state Senate and legislature and um larger ones. We've gone to rallies for Chris Murphy and Rosa DeLauro and, and Ned Lamont. Obviously, we are Democrats. And um, Are you seeing a lot of... We, we have uh, health campaigns by phoning, canvassing, and writing postcards. Now, Virginia, I understand you're also helping uh, to drive uh, voters to the polls, and it doesn't matter what party affiliation, you're just getting them to the polls to vote today. That's correct, yes. Uh, Virginia, um, how long have you been voting in the New Haven area, and, and does it appear to be a busier day down there? Um, it's the, in our district, the voting was light, but our... our um, Ward was just given a new voting assignment, and that's going to be difficult for some, a new polling place. And why they did that, we don't know, but it means that a lot of extra work has to be done to see, to make sure that voters here are informed and that they're able to get to the polls. So we have um, 12, or 12 people, I think, are doing the driving. Well, thank you, Virginia Wilkinson, for calling today, who lives in New Haven, coordinator of the group, the Persisters. Uh, Denise? Thank you, Virginia, for bringing that up. And this is my opportunity to say, if you have any question about where you go to uh, for your polling place, go on our website, myvote.ct.gov, just to check to make sure you are properly registered so you don't get into any kind of problem if you get there, and it will tell you where your polling place is. Uh, we, we're hearing from uh, Virginia, and again, uh, oftentimes it's the uh, older residents who are the more committed voters, uh, but we're hearing because registration has been up, can you just remind us again um, the, the, the uh, spread of new uh, voters that have been registered, and is it likely we're going to see more Alita Sanchez's voting today, Denise? That's the big question. Uh, yes, our voter registration is through the roof, actually. Since November of 2016, uh, in a typical two-year 
period mid to the midterm election will get about maybe 15 or 16,000 uh, 18 to 24 year olds and this year we're up over 50,000 so I don't know I, I like to think part of it is our new program where you can register at the DMV um, probably that's some of it but there is enthusiasm like we have not seen before in a long long time uh, we've been talking to the candidates for governor over the last couple of weeks here on Where We Live. And, and one of the questions that came up time and time again is how are any of these candidates reaching out to uh, the black and Hispanic voters in the state of Connecticut? Uh, joining us now is Fernando Betancourt, who's executive director of the San Juan Center in Hartford. Fernando, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Lucy, and, and welcome uh, to this uh, fantastic day of a void. <laughs> so, Fernando, tell us about the work uh, that your organization is doing to get out the vote. Yes, the San Juan Center is a nonprofit organization, Latino nonprofit organization, based in Hartford. And for the last year and a half, we have managed at least two civic engagement uh, projects with the support of the Hartford Foundation for Public Giving. And one, including the Secretary of State, has participated on. We have done this in partnership with Capital Community College and the Ana Lee TV show in Spanish on Univision. And the other pro program or project is civic engagement, voter registration, and get out the vote activities. Now, for, that we, uh -huh, yeah. for Nando, I'm just curious in terms of you're getting the, um, the engagement out there, but what's drawing Latino voters to cast their ballots today? Well, uh, we have um, we have several findings. We have made more than 6,000 phone calls through volunteers, and we have registered and committed people to, to vote, uh, more than 100 concentrated in the north end of Hartford and the sector of Park Street. And there's a couple of findings. One is widespread dis uh, disillusion with not having Latinos in the top tickets of both parties. So that's one factor. The second is that there's a disconnect between how much we know on how the system operates and what the candidates offer and what the Latino uh, uh, priorities are. And the third is, surprisingly, is that people are motivated to, to vote. And when we ask them why, particularly young, young voters, uh, they say that for this particular election, it's an anti-Trump, anti-president uh, sentiment, particularly because, as you know, uh, predominantly Latinos are comprised by Puerto Ricans in, in Hartford and, and in the state, and they're very, very upset with the way the president responded through after uh, Maria, the Hurricane Maria tragedy. And for the other Latinos, this constant banging of immigrants being viewed as criminals or, 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 or people who are going to do harm in the United States is really upsetting. So that's, you know, it's a dichotomy, it's a, it's a contradiction. However, even though they're disconnected, they're motivated to vote. Mm -hmm. And I have seen a rise in the number of Latinos voting for this midterm election. Well, thank you, Fernando Betancourt, again, uh, for calling in, uh, Executive Director of the San Juan Center in, in Hartford. Uh, Denise, we heard him talking about um, what Latino voters are saying uh, to him and, and the, the people within his organization that they're voting today because they're not happy with, with what's going on in Washington and the president's policies. Yes, and I heard the same thing. You know, I, when the hurricane first happened and we were getting a wave of refugees, essentially, from Puerto Rico, I made a special outreach effort to get those folks registered 
because, you know, as you know, they are citizens of the country effectively and actually have more voting rights in this country than they do when they're living in Puerto Rico because they can actually vote for the president, among other things. But that was that was just very upsetting. And I felt like we needed to reach out to those folks and make sure they knew they were welcome in Connecticut, that we did care about them because there was such, such a lack of caring or concern uh, from the president that it was sort of shocking to l- many people. And that was exactly what I was hearing. I wanted to um, segue to um, a question about uh, whenever there's an election, there are uh, you know accusations raised that people who are not permitted to vote, including uh, immigrants who are le- living here illegally, are voting in the state of Connecticut. I wanted to read a part of a column in the Journal Inquirer by columnist Chris Powell, um, who writes that according to reports from around the country, including Connecticut, illegal immigrants are being illegally registered to vote because of what is being described as clerical errors at state motor vehicle departments. And I'm just curious if you could respond to that. Have, has your office or anyone seen any any evidence that uh, there are issues within the DMV that would allow someone who's not permitted to vote here in this country to be able to vote? Absolutely not. And I think uh, what Chris Powell is referring to was a report we got out of Greenwich where someone, um, one of the registrars said that someone had been registered in error uh, and was an illegal immigrant. Well, it turns out she wasn't. (laughs) She was actually Um, a citizen, and uh, it was all just kind of blown out of proportion and actually false. So that's the only report I've ever seen of anything like that. In fact, the DMV registration is going remarkably smoothly because people can go right into the online voter registration system. So as you probably know, right now, if you go in um, to get a license or change your address or whatever you're doing at DMV, they will ask you, do you want to register to vote if it appears that you're eligible? And then at, right there at DMV, they can put type your information right into the online voter registration system, which checks your drive. You have to have a driver's license or Connecticut ID. It checks your signature, which is on file with DMV, and goes right to the local registrar, who still is the one who registers you to vote. It's worked beautifully, and I do think it is, uh, the, you know, the result is that we have record registration, particularly among young people who are getting their licenses. But um, I, I think it's been actually better. We have had virtually no incidents. Uh, I, I don't want to say it would never happen, but we have had no other reported incidents, and that one was false. Uh, there have also been concerns about uh, voter suppression efforts, including uh, there have it's been reported uh, that the uh, Bob Stefanowski campaign is actually um, requesting challengers at some polling places, including in the cities like New Haven. Um, and I'm curious if you could respond to what is the actual statute on the books that allows somebody to challenge someone's ability to vote, and is it necessary? Uh, yes, the the <clears throat> campaign did request uh, the appointment of challengers in some polling locations. We had heard about it. Um, and there is a statute that allows a registrar to appoint a what they call a challenger at the polls. It's sort of like an unofficial checker. We also have that ability. Campaigns can request unofficial checkers as well. Um, and uh, we didn't even realize the statute was still on the books, to be honest. Um, But, you know, this is not to be taken lightly. I mean, this is a very serious charge when you uh, insinuate or claim that someone is uh, illegally voting. So the parameters are you have to have actual knowledge that that person is not eligible 
or doesn't live at that address or some other thing under oath, uh, you would swear to that and you would, as a challenger, you'd be able to fill out a complaint. Um, so I, I think of after uh, the publicity about this, I, I believe that they have stopped requesting it. And by the way, they would have had to request it 20 days before the election, which is the other part of the statute that I think somebody didn't read. So at this point, do you, do you know if there's any challengers at any um, polling places in the New Haven area or any other city? Yes, I think there are a few. Some of the registrars did appoint a challenger. Uh, I'm not sure in how many places uh, because they wouldn't have to report that to us. But um, I think everybody now, we sent out missives to the uh, local election officials. I think everyone knows exactly the limits of that um, position. Oh, we're getting a tweet, uh, an update that says Stefanowski has at least one challenger at 200 Orange Street, probably more around New Haven. Um, this is from the New Haven Independent, and uh, Stefanowski is not talking to the press, and calling questions from the press is totally inappropriate behavior in a polling place. And so do we know if any other campaigns have ever requested challengers? You said this is something that your office didn't even realize was still on the books. As uh, I think we said in one of the uh, news articles, we had to sort of dust off the statute to remember it was there. I, uh, we don't, no one remembers anyone uh, using this statute, certainly in many years. Uh, but we just want to make sure that where there are legitimate challengers who have been appointed 20 days ago, uh, that they are um, abiding by the rules of the statute, which is if you're going to challenge someone's vote, it's a very serious issue. We rarely have that happen in Connecticut. Um, and so we'll see. We, I don't think anything has happened yet, as to my knowledge. So. So if somebody shows up to challenge a particular vote, say at 200 Orange Street, uh, would the moderator then contact the registrar of voters? Or how does that process be? How will that be handled? The moderator is in total charge of that um, of that polling place. So, you know, it can be uh, complaints can be uh, forwarded to the Election Enforcement Commission. If there is a serious complaint of that nature, it has to be, um, you know, the evidence has to be sworn to by that challenger. And by the way, you know, generally, um, anyone can challenge a vote with proper evidence and file a complaint. So that's why this this statute is kind of obsolete, I would say, in my view, because, you know, anyone can file a complaint with the Election Enforcement Commission on Election Day. And we also have a hotline uh, that I haven't mentioned yet, but you can get that number on the myvote.ct.gov site as well. So we don't, we just don't want problems, but if there are problems, we have a team of people on the job to go check it out and make sure people are following the law. Uh, my concern when I heard about this was that I don't want any kind of, you know, slowing up of the lines, that sort of thing. But that's all up to the moderator. On Election Day, the moderator is the king or the queen of that polling place, and they have received the training they need, and they're aware of the statute and the limitations of any challenges. Uh, you mentioned that you think this, the statute is obsolete. Uh, come legislative session, is this something you would call on legislators to um, reconsider? Yeah, I, it is, actually, because I don't think it's necessary. Because once you have a, a system where, um, where anyone can challenge someone's uh, vote if they have serious evidence. And so it seems rather unnecessary to me. And also, we also have these unofficial checkers. So there are other ways that you can accomplish the goal of making sure that everyone who is voting uh, is voting properly. And by the way, we take great pains to make that sure. Uh, we have done a lot to clean up our lists, make sure they're as accurate as possible. You know, over the last few years, we've, we've put a lot of uh, 
processes in place to make sure that we're doing the right thing. Denise Merrill's here on Where We Live today. It's Election Day. She's the Connecticut Secretary of the State. I'm where we. Li- I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel here on Where We Live. Coming up, we're going to continue to take your calls, and we're going to hear from someone who's voting again for the first time today. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. My guest today is Connecticut Secretary of the State Denise Merrill. Have you run into any problems voting? You can give us a call, 860-275-7266. Find us on Facebook and Twitter, at Where We Live. Uh, today we've been talking to new voters and people who voted time and time again. Uh, but one of the new voters uh, this election season is Carolyn Kwan, and that's a name that you probably know. She's music director of the Hartford Symphony Orchestra. And just last fall, she became a U.S. citizen. Carolyn, welcome to Where We Live. Thank you for having me, Lucy. So tell me, this is the first uh, election you'll be voting in? Yes, indeed. I'm very excited. Uh, and so tell us uh, about uh, what it means for you uh, to cast your ballot the first time. I understand you're a, a native of Taiwan. Yes. Actually, you know, I remember the night that um, myself and a few fellow um, people became citizens. You know, for I think for many of us, you know, what that meant was, you know, we'll no longer be in in fear of being forced to leave our family and the country and the community that we love and have helped build. And uh, I think it's actually very, probably very difficult for some people to imagine. Um, But that fear is very real, you know, even for someone like myself, who is a public figure and, you know, I think one of the most important responsibility of becoming a citizen means that, you know, we can now vote. And so, you know, I take that privilege very seriously. And I think it's really important for democracy and in protecting um, those we love and in shaping our future. So I think it's um, it's going to be actually kind of emotional, I think. Uh, we hear from registered voters who sometimes will say that they don't think their vote counts or those who, who choose not to vote. What would you say to them, Carolyn? I think every vote counts, but, you know, I want to, I think what that vote means, at least to me, is that, you know, I want to fight against, you know, racism, misogyny, bigotry, you know, I, I think that vote means what I believe in, you know, and I think, you know, it's what what it means um, to me, actually, you know, to protect, you know, I want a representative that will protect all Americans, and, you know, that include African American, Latin American, Muslim American, Asian, and I want a representative that, you know, understand and will protect, you know, all the, those people with all different sexual orientation, you know, people that will protect rights of LGBTQ. And uh, so I think what that vote is what it means to each of us. Well, Carolyn Kwan, we thank you for calling in uh, today. Again, you'll be uh, voting later today, I understand? Yes, yes. And actually, I'm waiting. Um, my partner and I, um, we're going together. So um, she can't go in the booth with me, I understand. But um I think um, it's uh, it's a very important day for both of us. Well, Karen Kwan, again, music director of the Hartford Symphony Orchestra, uh, thank you for calling in. And Denise Merrill, you're here. Do you hear that often from uh, newly naturalized citizens about what this moment means? Uh, Carolyn said that she anticipates she's going to be emotional. Oh, absolutely. I've been to, you know, literally hundreds of these um, 
naturalization ceremonies over the years um, because that's part of my office. And we always register people right on the spot just after they become citizens. And it's incredibly emotional and touching when you see what it means to folks. The last one I went to was over at the Hartford Public Library, and there were probably 80 countries represented. That, that's, it's amazing who comes here from everywhere. And they are so excited to become American citizens. And they, you know, I always say, you know, if most Americans had to pass the test they have to pass about American government, um, I think they'd be hard pressed. So I am so happy to hear about Carolyn. I know her. She's a wonderful person and a wonderful um, community leader for us. So uh, welcome, Carolyn. This is where we live. You're hearing Denise Merrill again, Secretary of the State. And we want to hear how uh, your voting experience has gone. You can join the conversation. Uh, Don from Cheshire is on the line. Don, how did it go for you and your wife? Um, My wife and I went this morning, and I brought my license. She had forgotten hers at home. Um, So, you know, they they confirmed me and sent me along. And But for her, you know... they had a sign up saying, you know, have your ID ready. She said, I, I forgot my ID. They said, oh, well, you have to, do you have a piece of mail, something like that? And she said, no. And they made her go home. Um, and the, they're supposed to give an affidavit that you can sign for that. But the poll workers there didn't seem to know anything about it and actually, you know, turned her away until she'd bring her ID in, which uh, to my understanding is not the way it should go. No, I don't think so. Denise? No, it's not. So we will check it out. Um, yes, that's that's just improper. Uh, Don, what particular polling site were you in Cheshire? Uh, we were at the Highland Middle School. Okay, um, we'll check it out. And so his wife should have gotten a provisional ballot at least? An affidavit, affidavit. that she would sign and then she would be given a ballot to vote. Yes. Uh, so, again, we'll have uh, you said that, Denise, you're going to be checking in with your staff and, and checking that <laughs> polling site. Uh, Glenn's calling from Stonington. Glenn, go ahead. Yes. Hello. Um, my voting experience this morning, there was no line, but there was lots of traffic, clearly a lot of interest. And I think people are out there earlier. One of the questions was, why have we gotten involved? This is the first time in my life I've been involved politically. I've always voted. But the way Donald Trump is uh, um dominated the Republican Party and turned it into his party with his approach has trickled right down to the local senatorial district campaign where the Republican rhetoric was uh, really uh, distasteful and uh, misleading. Um, And so it was that sort of thing that got me involved. Well, thank you, Glenn, uh, for calling in. Uh, Before we run out of time, uh, Denise, uh, if people are running into issues at the polls, uh, they can also call uh, the State Elections Enforcement Commission hotline. Can you tell us about that? Uh, Yes. The number is kind of complicated, so I would advise you basically to go to myvote.ct.gov. There will be a phone number at the top. You can call anytime, all day. Uh, That that will be staffed by both my office and the Election Enforcement Commission. And I think we have it before us. We're also going to tweet it out at where we live. But here's the hotline. If you've run into issues at your polling place, 866-733-2463. Again, that number, 866-733-2463. Or you can email elections at uh, ct.gov. We're almost uh, uh, close to the end, uh, Denise. Uh, Any final thoughts uh, for uh, this day in 2018? I think it sounds good. Uh, I think, you know, I'm usually cautious about what I predict in turnout. It sounds like there's a great deal of interest. And it does sound like this is an um, election about values. And maybe that's why there's so much interest. I hope so. Um, and 
everybody, if you're not out there yet, there's plenty of time. Election Day registration for those of you who forgot or didn't get properly registered for whatever reason or if you encounter any problems at the polls, let us know. We're on the job. So far, I think every year it gets a little better in Connecticut, and uh, we're on the job. And again, if voters are unsure about their polling place, uh, maybe it's the first time uh, they're they're voting in their particular neighborhood, they can go to your website for that information? Absolutely. Myvote.ct.gov. You can look up uh, your, make sure you're properly registered. It never hurts. And uh, let's face it, all of us have phones now, so it's real easy to do. And then you'll be sure that you're properly registered, where you go to vote, and anything else you want to know. If you're running into any issues or if you just want to talk about the voting experience today, you can stay tuned to Connecticut Public Radio and WMPR, uh, the Colin McEnroe Show at 1. We'll be taking your phone calls and we'll have live coverage uh, starting at 7 tonight here on uh, Connecticut uh, Public Radio. I just wanted to let you know, uh, Denise, we got a uh, um, either a tweet or a phone call from Osher in New Haven, voted this morning. He and his wife had a similar experience as Don in yeah. Cheshire when it comes to um, the ID. Turned out her university ID worked, and uh, this particular listener said that overheard poll workers talking about being careful because of uh, checkers being sent over. Again, challengers uh, from the Stefanowski campaign. Do you anticipate getting a lot of calls about this today? Yeah, there seems to be a great deal of concern because none of us want any kind of slowing down of things or voter intimidation or anything that looks like it. And so, um, yeah, I know there's been a lot of concern. We have never seen that in Connecticut, and I very much hope it stays that way. Uh, more than 2 million uh, residents are registered to vote in uh, the state of Connecticut for this election. Right. How many are you expecting to turn out today? Oh, boy. $64,000 question. Um, usually in a midterm election, we get between 55, 56, 57 percent. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a little higher, but don't forget, it's a percent of registered voters, and we have the highest number of registered voters that, that we've ever had. So... I think it'll be, you know, between 55 and 65. I'll, I'll play it that way. <laughs> We're going to hold you to that. Denise Merrill again, uh, Connecticut's Secretary of the State. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you, Lucy. Uh, today's show produced by senior producer Lydia Brown. Special thanks to Kion Wolf, our technical producer. Our digital producer is Carlos Mejia. Thanks to WMPR intern Philip Geolopsis for answering the listener phone calls. I'm Lucy Nalpithanchel. Thanks for listening and keep listening to Connecticut Public Radio all day today for more election coverage, both local and national. Thanks for listening. Thank you.